Welcome to Bangkong Podcast. I am Nick Jimenez, and this week we're doing something a little bit different because, as so many of you know, especially if you're in the food and beverage world yourselves, uh, that world can get pretty busy, which is precisely what happened this week. So uh, we weren't able to record a new episode. Uh, our schedules just did not line up, so Mike is out of the picture for just one week. Don't worry, he will be back soon enough. Um, you'll be able to hear his... Uh, what has been referred to on Facebook as uh, sexy and soothing voice. Uh, but for now, you will have to uh, settle for what, again, on Facebook has re- been referred to as my voice of an angel. So deal with it. But again, in the interest of keeping new stuff coming your way, what we're doing is sharing an interview that I did for the Cigar Snob podcast with Roberto Guerra, who you may know as the guy behind La Caja China. If you're in South Florida, if you're a Cuban-American, or even if you're not, if you just like pork, there is a very good chance that you have uh, been around or even used a cajachina. So uh, we talk about uh, how this particular roasting box was developed uh, and then how it you know, sort of uh, became famous because in the last several years, it's really sort of um, hit its stride in terms of entering the uh, barbecue mainstream across the country. So... Hope you enjoy this interview. If you do, and especially if you're a cigar person, maybe go check out the uh, Cigar Snob podcast. There's all kinds of other stuff there. I recently did an interview with Ed Reed, so if you're a football person, uh, that's a thing you want to listen to. Go check that out. Go, you know, have a listen. Tell us what you think, or or don't. It's okay. My feelings won't be hurt. Finally, I will note that you can follow us at at Bangkong Podcast on all of the social media things, and you can visit us, find past episodes, and send feedback to. Uh, to us at dadmag.com slash podcast. And of course, you can listen to us on that page, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you listen to stuff. Uh, you can support the work that we do on Pangkong Podcast and across dadmag.com at patreon.com slash dadmag. We have plans for some exclusive content um, and, and maybe other, other goodies, maybe stuff that we'll send you, you know, all kinds of stuff is in the works, but you can support us for as little as a buck a month at patreon.com slash dadmag. Uh, again, for exclusive, uh, access to special content, early access to the regular content, all that stuff. All right. So, uh, that is a lot of shameless plugging. So enough of that. Here is my interview with Roberto Guerra of La Caja China. Welcome to episode 70, episode 70, this is 70 episodes old of the Cigar Snob Podcast. I am Nick Jimenez and I am joined by Roberto Guerra, another guest, not quite from the cigar industry, but one whose products the cigar industry knows very well. In fact, I would say the cigar industry enjoys his products more than we enjoy most cigars (laughs) some of the time. (laughs) They certainly go hand in hand at the very least, Roberto is uh, found the, the owner, uh, part of the uh, Miami royalty, right, of the, the Cajachina family. Uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar, La Cajachina is um, far and away the, uh, the most iconic brand of this Cuban-style uh, roasting box, which is uh, a fixture at just about any, uh, certainly Cuban-American uh, Christmas Eve celebrations are, are sort of incomplete without there being a pig sitting on a cajachina 
uh, or for a time in a Cajachina. Um, <laughs> and so we welcome you. Unfortunately, uh, uh, this, you know, usually uh, these podcasts are an excuse for us to enjoy the thing <laughs> that our guest makes, but we didn't really roast a pig for this episode. So we'll have to leave that for next time. Yes. Uh, so welcome. Uh, Thank you. For for people who have no idea, and I know I gave a, a little bit of an introduction there, but uh, tell us about um, before La Cajachina, what were you doing? What was uh, what was sort of your your path and your family's path into this business? Uh, uh, my path was I was in uh, in export, import and export, and I started in a medley in a small warehouse there, and. Back then, we used to roast the pigs, you know, using like concrete blocks and, uh, and, and a piece of fence or whatever to put on top of it. Right. So one day while we were roasting the pig, my father mentioned to me that he saw something similar to what we do today in Chinatown in Havana in 1955. And that was... 30 years later, 1985, he mentions that. And that's where we decided to create La Cajachina. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that's the reason why we tra I trademarked it and I named it La Cajachina. I just wanted to give it credit to who he saw using it back then. Right. Yeah, the yeah, Chinese yeah. people there in, in Chinatown. Yeah. And did, does your family have any connection to... To that Chinese community in Cuba? No, no. My father was a, a traveling salesman okay. in Havana. Yeah. So he was delivering some parts to a country store there in, in Havana, and, and it, was, it was right next to the Chinatown. That's where he happened to see the the people using the, you know, the box. Yeah. Yeah, so my, my great-grandfather was a Chinese immigrant to, to Cuba. <clears throat> okay. So we always, you know... Still, you know, get a kick out of the the Cajachina thing. Yeah. Uh, even though none of us, you know, they, uh, my grandfather didn't even know his father. But he was Chinese. And so everybody sort of like latched onto that. And it doesn't come through in me because I look more like my mom. But the my dad's side of the family is, oh, uh -huh. uh, and everybody's 10 brothers and or nine brothers and a sister. And everybody's nickname is Chino. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, the the significant population of, of oh, Chinese yeah. people that there was in Cuba at one time. And that there still is, but it's sort of, you know, diluted. Yeah, the railroad the tracks were built by Chinese exactly. yeah. immigrants. Yeah. So uh, what was it like when you introduced the, or when you started this business? Was it something that, you know, I think now people take it for granted that, okay, you're a Cuban household that hosts people and you have parties, you have a Cajachina. What was the path like to get there? What was it like at the very beginning when you started to say, hey, look, here's this thing that we're selling instead of cinder blocks? Well, let me start by saying that uh, when I started this with my dad in, uh, in my warehouse, I really did it for him to have something to do when he retired. How old was he at the time? At the time, uh, 68. Okay, yeah, so he was already, he could have been retired yeah. at that point. So, and in true honesty, I did not believe in La Cajachina. No. No. I would look at it, a wood box, name La Cajachina. Yeah. This is not going, it's not going anywhere. So, it was 2003 that Chef uh, Douglas Rodriguez called me and said, 
I did, I did not know him at that time. He wanted to use five boxes for the South Beach Food and Wine Festival. And uh, I said, yes. But he says, with one condition, I want you to visit me after the event. So I did. And when I got there, uh, to my surprise, I had like seven chefs that were waiting to talk to me about the box. Wow. And that was there and then when I believed in the product. Yeah, yeah. So then in 2004, that was when the Food Network and the New York Times did the write-up and all that. And that's when we really started growing. Yeah. So Well, it's funny because 2004. You, that's when you really start growing. I think for us being here in Miami, it feels... I hear that year and I think, no, there's no way that was when it started. And it's not like the Gajina has been around for so much longer. Uh it just it, but I guess that's nationally. That's when it became. Well, in 2004, I, it, it really we started here in '87. Exactly. So for I'm a, sorry, in '87. For somebody in Miami, you're, Miami. It, it's just one of those things where you assume, no, everybody must know about this, but no, they didn't. It wasn't until all that time later oh, that yes. it sort of exploded to a to being uh, a national brand. And now I know there are Cajachinas in non-Cuban households all over the country because of that exposure that you're talking right. about. Right. But it, and the thing is that, and then the the reason why it's so successful is because it is the easiest way to roast a whole pig. So let's talk about that. If the you know the person who's listening to this so far and maybe hasn't uh, uh, heard of or seen a gajachina in in action, uh, talk about the the mechanics. What what is it? What is it actually doing differently from other styles of roasting a pig? Okay, first of all, we have the heat on the top. So we have no flare-ups. Nothing's going to catch on fire. Okay. The only time that we really have to be on, you know, on guard is when, when we flip them. But basically, we start placing the pig inside. Yeah. We start with uh, 14 pounds of charcoal. We light it up. Once it's lit, we spread it. Then every hour, we're going to add 7 to 8 pounds of charcoal. Okay. Yeah. If it's below 50 pounds... We're going to add three times. If it's over 50, we're going to add an extra low, which is four times. Okay? So you want to cook it for three or four hours, and then you want to flip them over, remove the ashes to crispy the skin. That usually takes about between half an hour and an hour, depending how cold the pig was when it was placed in. Right. Or how windy it was. Sure. So the the processes can take anywhere from four to five hours to do a whole pig. And we guarantee that the first time it's perfect. No one has ever returned a box because of that because yeah. it's so simple. You, you just have to follow, you know, simple rules. Yeah, yeah. And so what was, um, uh, what's your experience been in terms of converting people? Because I think roasting, anybody who goes to the trouble of roasting a whole pig Usually, after a certain amount of time, you sort of become invested in your method, right? Like, oh, this is the way that I do it, and I imagine you have—you must have had the experience of introducing this to people who were used to doing it a very different way, uh, roasting roasting pigs for themselves or their families, or even just in their business. Um, what's your experience been introducing this to people for whom it was totally new? Well, we still do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, people ask me, uh, Robert, what's your favorite way of roasting a pig? I go. I like to eat, and I like to roast pigs. Uh-huh. To me, I can do it. 
I wouldn't mind using any system. But if you ask me what's the easiest way to roast a pig, it's la caja china. I mean, you just add in yeah. charcoal one time every hour and you can walk away. Yeah. So here where we, we, we're living in a time where we have no time. Sure. You know, we're short of time. So it's very hard to spend six, eight, nine hours sitting right next to the pig and you're running the risk of getting drunk because you're going to be drinking all day long where you just have to come back to it every hour. So, yes, you might love the way you do your pig, and and, 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 and I do. I, I love smoking. Yeah, I love to smoke meat. Uh, but if I have the time, I'll do it. If I don't have the time, I go with La Cajachina. Yeah. And, it, it, and, and, and the best thing of La Cajachina, you're going to get that crispy chicharron skin all the time. Yeah. And that takes first place all the time. You get in that chicharron, which is really what I like. So it's like, it's a no-brainer. Hey, you don't have time. You want a good pig? Mm-hmm. Good skin? Get like a hachina. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that you lose. Not necessarily lose, but I the, the skin retaining its own flavor instead of taking on the flavor of, say, smoke is a world of difference. I, I like smoking meat. I don't want a smoky chicharron. Correcto. I don't like, like, for example, pork belly. I did it once. Never do it again. I don't like this uh, smoke pork belly chicharron. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we mentioned earlier, you know, that um, that sort of turning point for the business where, you know, through Douglas Rodriguez, who, for people who don't know, uh, is a, a Miami-based chef who is credited with sort of like inventing uh, nouveau Latin right. cuisine. Um uh, and you, uh, some people might know him from a lot of appearances on Food Network and that sort of thing as well. Uh, and then there was, uh, was it, uh, I know it was Bobby Flay, was it Throwdown? Was that the uh, Yeah, the show? it was a Throwdown. So talk, so talk a little bit about, about that experience. What was, uh, that has to have been sort of a very different thing where, you know, what starts as a family business, you know, making a, 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 a box to roast a pig in a setting that you're super familiar with and, and now suddenly you're on, on national TV with Bobby Flay uh, cooking a pig in, in your backyard. No, that's where they did it? Yeah, they did it. And no, yeah. no, no. The throwdown, he's cooked in the, in my backyard, but the throwdown was uh, down at the National. Oh, okay. In, neutral in, territory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, it's it's true. When he does a throwdown, they don't know they're competing against him. You, you learn that day. So you knew that there was some TV thing, and then in that moment you find out what it they, is. What they told me is that they were going to... I was going to cook for part of a show, you know, in La Caja China, but not that I wasn't going to do anything with Bobby Flay. Yeah, yeah. So I really got surprised when wow. I saw him that day. And uh, and I, it's, it, it's funny. I did, uh, it's, a, it's a guava and Malta-based uh, sauce for the pork. And he did it uh, a conventional Cuban-style pork. Oh, no kidding. So he, yeah. he was the one who stuck to the... Yeah. And I told him, Bobby, sweets always win. <laughs> and, and, and I won. And you won. <laughs> the, the secret weapon is yeah, why. He's a, a fine guy. He's a, he's yeah. a very nice guy. Yeah, he he has used... Uh, he's got like five different shows in the Food Network where he uses a box. Oh, really? Yeah. He, he adores La Cajachina. I think he likes it more than I. That's funny. It's funny. Um, so... Have there been other experiences that you had where 
you know, one of the things that we that we ask um, uh, people who have cigar brands a lot is, you know, you get into it uh, just because, you know, uh, you you enjoy cigars and you turn it into a business, and then before, if you when you reach a certain level of success, it starts to put you in all these situations that you would never have imagined, like cooking on TV with Bobby Flay. And have, have there been other experiences like that where, you know, you tell yourself, hey, if somebody had told me. 10, 15 years ago that this is where I was going to be and this is who I was going to be cooking with or cooking for or talking to or, or smoking a cigar with next to a pig, I wouldn't have believed it. Have, have there been other situations like that that are just like, oh, look, look where we ended up. This is cool. Yeah. It, it humbles me how, for example, the brand like Ajachina, like you say, in, in Christmas in Miami, it's like we are very popular. And we get all these different invitations to do all these different things, and it's a lot of things that I have to say no. Uh, but never in my mind, again, remember, when I started this, eh, it's a box, it's not going to go anywhere. Never in my mind that I really thought that I was going to be, for example, roasting a pig with Bobby Flay or with Martha Stewart or with yeah. Andrew Zimmerman. You know, it's like I, I'm, I'm, and I'm still amazed how all these celebrity chefs really, really liked La Cajachina. Yeah, it's like wow. It's and and that's why I tell always tell people they come to me with a business idea, and I go, hey, if La Cajachina worked. Anything will work. Yeah. Because yeah. If, if I would come to you right now and say, hey, listen, I have an idea. Let's go national. This is, I'm going to sell you the Cajachina with a name like Cajachina, and we're going to go nationwide. You know, I say, ah, no. So it's like, I'm, I'm, and I'm still amazed that they have, you know, all those celebrity chefs yeah. have, are using the box. They still use the box. Yeah. Has there been, especially considering all these celebrity chefs who use the box, uh, have you ever been surprised, or is there like a standout pig in your mind? Like, what that guy did with like a hachina was impressive. To me, uh, there's two people that to me are amazing using like a hachina. It's one is Alan Perry Langs. He's a chef from New York. Okay. Uh, not only pig, but the way he does a lamb inside that box is really? like wow. Uh, the other one, it's, um, I forgot his name. Uh, I apologize, no, but has been the only person that crispy the skin and he removed the whole skin from the pig before, after it was cooked, after it was cooked, chicharron intact, the whole skin, wow. he removed it and put it apart on a table. That blew my mind. I never <laughs> seen that, that before. That's uh, funny. But uh, and th- was there an explanation? Because I, my first thought would be like, no, it's going to come apart. I, I never got to talk to the guy because yeah. uh, by the time I got to it, uh, it was in the for the South Beach Food and Wine. Okay, you know he he was on. He had to catch a plane and he left. But I never got to talk to him, and I really would have loved to learn what he did. Yeah. Because it was just removing the, it was like it was on and off, boom, and put it right next. Never seen that before. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we've been talking about some of the 
the higher profile celebrity types, but we, we've we've also touched a little bit on what a fixture uh, like a Hachina is in in uh, Miami households, and again, increasingly outside of Miami. Um, in like my family, uh, I have a little bit of experience with this. Uh, my my godmother uh, is Lucila of the uh, the cakes. Oh, okay. So I, I have some sense of what that's like. And I'm not even her, her son or anything, you know, but I'll mention this and, and immediately there's this sort of emotional connection yes. that people make. Talk a bit about, about that because I, I think there's, uh, there's got to be something really nice about uh, knowing that your work is something that so many people have this emotional connection to because they associate it with these celebrations and with family and with getting together and all that stuff. So talk a little bit about that, about what, what it's been like, especially if you were in, in exports, which I imagine ends up being a very impersonal oh, yes. business. And now, you know, you've sort of, uh, your your life took this turn, you know, and your whole family business took this turn into something that's very personal, that a lot of people have this emotional uh, connection to. Well, it's like, uh, first of all, like you say, we're selling a product that is going to be used and it'll make you happy, happiness. Uh it's incredible the amount of emails that I receive yeah. from customers, you know, saying how how happy they are and, and thanking me for creating a product that, that helps them get their friends and family together. Mm-hmm. Now, where I get more excited is like, you know, the Americans, because like we're Latins, we're used to, you know... you. Maybe we never done a whole pig, but our cousin did, or my friend in high school, and, and, and we know. Yeah. But when you talk to someone that has never done anything larger than a turkey, and they roast a pig, yeah, and it comes out perfect, mm-hmm. that guy doesn't know what to tell you. I mean, I, I had a guy in, 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 in Illinois. Uh, he worked for GM. That guy would call me like every month just to talk to me because he was so happy that he was the, the you know, you think about this. You're roasting a whole pig. You have 30 people that are going to try out that pig. At least. Okay? Yeah. you scare because I remember I, for many years I was, when I was doing shows and all that, I was scared because, you know, how about this doesn't come out right? And I know it was going to come out right. Imagine someone that... It's doing it for the first time. Yeah. You are in such, you know, under so much pressure that once you're, you're finished and it's done and comes out perfect, it's like, wow, it's magic. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the turning point right there. That's when they become like our ambassadors because it is, you're under a lot of pressure. You're praying to God that that pig comes out okay. And it does, and it's like wow. So that's that's what it is. It's like you're doing it because you have no choice, not because you believe in it. But once you do it, and it comes out great. You sold. Yeah. So the other thing that I have a little bit of experience with being uh, in the in Lucila's family is, and I I imagine that you have some, and you are you already mentioned you know, that you love smoking, and at some point when you're the Lechong family, 
you're going to get tired of lechon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there were times where I was like, wait, Lucila's out of town. Let's go get an ice cream cake. <laughs> yes. So what are some of your uh, your escape from lechon pleasures that that you like? You know, when I need a break from this because I've been, you know, uh, around like a hachina and other pigs too much, I need to go do that. I eat chicken. Yeah. Chicken and steak. But my favorite meat is chicken. By the way. Best chicken or turkey comes out of La Caja China. I'm, I'm being serious. I mean, uh, how juicy, and because you have no flare-ups, you're not a slave to your barbecue. Try once doing chicken and or turkey, and, and it's amazing. But here's the thing. I have a friend of mine who does a pork belly every Thursday. And I go there and I eat. Poor belly every Thursday. And every Thursday, after I finish, I go, man, I'm not going to have perky, you know, poor yeah. belly again for a month. Yeah, yeah. I'll have poor belly on the, on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But no, it's 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 true. It's, it's, it's times where you, you know, what's for dinner? Pork. No, pork again. <laughs> uh, I always go to chicken. Yeah. I love chicken. Yeah. I have chicken anyway. Right. But it's true what you say. It's uh, sometimes you just... You know, you get sick of it. It's like anything else. We come back from, say, a trade show or a trip to Nicaragua, and I don't want to smoke a cigar for a week. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I need to give myself a rest that and experience true. other things. You know, so, uh, so before we turned on the microphones, we were talking a little bit about what's next and some of the new product that's coming from La Caja China. Uh, so talk a bit about that. You got a, a new? Well, yeah, the new SP, uh, the SP is the high end models. The new ones, uh, first of all, is not going to have wood for insulation. It's going to have what is called mineral wool. Okay. Uh, it's like a fiberglass, but it's not fiberglass. It's um, it's mineral, um, and it's going to come with a with a Santa Maria type grill attachment for you know if you do chicken or especially you know red meat. Yeah. So for uh, the person who has no idea what that is, what is that? What is that? It's a, it's a it's a it's the Santa Maria type grill. It's a barbecue, uh, it's a rack that goes up and down. You turn your wheel and then you can put it up or down. Right. Because in, in your, your, the red meat, you should always start cooking your red meat at least 12 inches away from, from the heat source. Sure. Okay. So with a Santa Maria type grills uh, to adjust uh, the height, it's, it's, it's very simple, very easy. And uh, the, the other thing is uh, the Cajachina. It's going to have a, a, a front door, like an oven. Because right now, everything, you work everything through the top. Right. Removing the the pan. Right, so there's a pan on top where you have all the coals. You you lift that up to flip the pig that's inside. But now you've got to figure out what to do with these coals. Right. In the meantime, yeah. So now you all you have to do is open the front door. You can, you know, pull it out and flip it over and put it back in. Uh, so that's... When we first came out with the SP, we thought that that was, you know, that that was just not going to go for the home sales. It was more commercial, but no, ninety percent of those SP and they go to a home for personal use, not commercial use. So just to uh, to round it out here, um, what uh, where where would somebody go to? get themselves like a hachina. I don't know, uh, again, because I'm in Miami, I'm just so used to it. Like, hachina is very easy to find. But I don't know what that looks like outside of, of this market. Uh, so for the person who's listening, 
in places where it might not be obvious, what's the best way to obtain them? And, and talk a little bit about, you know, some of the, the pricing and the different models and what the options are for somebody well, looking to get into it. The the most popular model, which is a hundred the hundred pounder. Okay. By the way, when I whenever I say pounds, it's lightweight. Got it. You know, 100, 110 pounds. After it's dressed clean, it's about 80, 80 pounds clean. Uh that one is only uh three forty nine ninety nine and it includes chipping. And it, right. it's it, it's complete. All you need is your pig and the charcoal. Yeah. Uh then we have a seventy uh the seventy pound model. Uh that's two ninety nine ninety nine mm-hmm. free shipping. Uh and we have a, what we call the junior roaster. It's a for the forty pounder. That's the one that I use the most because I yeah. do a lot of pork belly. Uh, that one is only, uh, 229. Okay. Okay. So then you have the SP models. They go from $900 to 1200 bucks. Also includes shipping, but the best one to find out is to go to the website, lacajachina.com. And lacajachina.com, because we have some people who may not be, uh, is L-A-C-A-J-A-C-H-I-N-A.com. So lacajachina translates to the Chinese box. Uh, in in English, uh, we we've mentioned the um, the uh, those higher end models. Talk about what, what is the the difference? What what are you what are you getting for that uh, extra, however many hundred dollars with that? The SP? difference and uh, it 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 sits higher. Okay. Okay. It's uh it's all metal on the outside. Yeah. Uh, it has a drain valve, just like a sink, for easy cleanup. It comes with a. The, a wind deflector also comes with uh, the two top grills and uh, a natural disposal system. Got it. So it's it's the difference in prices. It's it's in there. It's it's a cost of yeah. And if basically, you're, yeah, if you're roasting enough pigs, that the the value of not having to to spend some of that time right dealing with all that is is huge. Right. And the cleanup uh, to me, the best thing is that you know that sink that drain valve in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. All right, yeah. I mean, I think with that, if uh, if if you're at all interested in sort of taking your your hosting to the next level, you need a cajachina in your home. Uh, like you said, this is it, it's. I've I've seen a lot of people make excellent pigs, roast excellent whole hogs, who I wouldn't trust to make me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> so it's uh, it is the easiest way to do that. So, um, and Roberto, thank you very much for for coming by. We're gonna. Uh, keep hanging out after this is turned off and, and finish these cigars. So, thank you for the invitation. Yeah. All right. Thank you very Bye. much. Uh, this has been the Cigar Snob Podcast. I'm Nick Jimenez. You can find the podcast uh, episodes at cigarsnobmag.com slash podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and probably some other places that I'm forgetting. Follow us on social media. You can find us pretty much anywhere at Cigar Snob Mag. And uh, subscribe to the print magazine. You can go to cigarsnobmag.com and use the shop tab. The print subscription is $18 a year, which is nothing. So what are you waiting for? Why aren't you subscribed already? Go do that. All right. Thank you very much. We'll catch you next time.